Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey everybody, I'm Robert. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you all. And I hope you had a Merry Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa. Okay. Yes, sure. Or something. Yes. Yes. All the things. Happiest of holidays, I hope we're had. Yes. I just slipped into Yoda for just a minute there. I don't know why. But yes, Happy New Year. It is 2024. Jesus. Mm-hmm. My, how time flies when you're old. My goodness. I mean, like, seriously, though. This is like the shortest year imaginable. I apologize to all of you who were born in 1984. Why? Because they're turning 40 this yes. year? Oh, I've been 40 for quite some time now. I'm settling into my 40s nicely. But with Maybe that... we should cover 1984. Oh my God. If there was a good movie version of it. It's 40 years past the future. <laughs> 40, 40 years past the dystopian future. And everything is right on schedule. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad because 2020, 2021, and 2022 seem like the longest fucking years of all time. 2023 just kind of left by. Yeah. Well, 2023 was just like a blink, which is fine. But like, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm like squarely middle-aged at this point. Things are just not holding the luster they once had in my youth. I'm just like, meh, to everything now. (laughs) Job. Meh. Family. Meh. The mirror. Meh. <laughs> Especially the mirror. I'm just like, whew, I'm looking old. But I just don't care. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but it's shooting the flames time. <laughs> <laughs> Not I'll, therapy. This isn't therapy. Recording isn't therapy. I keep having to tell myself. I know. <laughs> On a bright note, it's time for us to shoot the flames, which is our monthly show where Chris and I talk about all of your comments and questions. Listen to your voicemails and have some horror news and trailers to discuss. That's right. We're a little thin on the ground for news, but uh, we've got plenty of trailers coming yeah. up. My God, I hope that based on the trailers we have to talk about, it seems like 2024 might be better than 2023 movie wise. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there was like less horror movies to talk about in 2023. And then also the quality was coming down too. There's a shit ton of horror movies that were released, but like, as we'll get into with our last episode this month where we do our yearly recap, right? Uh, I don't know. It just seemed like a three and a half star kind of year for horror movies. Yeah. Well, I just, I feel like I was really just like huffing it to catch up. Right. You know, uh, just really slamming it in uh, December and January last year, just trying to, see everything that everyone saw, said was like really highly rated versus I've seen maybe a little bit more throughout the year this time. It seems like 25 to 30 movies. And um, I don't really have any FOMO for anything that I've really missed. Well, I think that's the thing because I was looking through like some of the top tens and things that are starting to come out. And I routinely look at like the Rotten Tomatoes editorial where they like genre rank things. Okay. And so like some of the movies that are near the top of those, I'm like, yeah, I guess I should watch it because it's so highly ranked on this list. But I mean, from an aggregate sense, but I just don't really care to like nothing's like jumping out at me like, oh, I have to see this. Yeah. But yeah. you've also seen a lot, too. You know, a lot of people are putting like skin and marink in their top 10, you know, which and, makes me want to barf. Yeah. Well, some things are just more notable than they are good. Right. Yeah, that's true. But that's a different conversation that we're going to have toward the end of January. And we actually need to put it on the docket. We don't have it on the docket. We have two Kathy Bates movies. That's right. But we don't have our year end review scheduled. So we'll have to do that. 
Well, we know what's coming anyway. Yeah, it's coming. All right, well, let's get started with some comments from our Shooting the Flames episode last month in December. Penelope over on Patreon said, specificity, specificity, specificity. (laughs) Where's my evil laugh emoji when I need it? You did it three times. Oh, my God. I know. I've been practicing ever since we recorded that episode, although listening back to it made me guffaw with laughter. Oh, good. Well, now all that was missing was, you know, some candles lit in a mirror and you would have seen like the specificity monster. (laughs) Specificity would come out at me. (laughs) (laughs) Nikki over on Patreon said, thanks for putting my idea out there. I'm looking forward to connecting with fellow Flamer fans. So what she's referring to is the ability to go on to the Patreon app on your phones and uh, check out our chat. And each one of those comments can be like turned into a thread, kind of like slack or something like a like an actual like legit messenger system mm-hmm. which is kind of cool so uh people have been asking what others have been watching things like that i haven't been getting like notified a bunch yeah and i'm i'm waiting for this thing to come out on web so you know that it opens up to everyone at all times because as soon as it does i think it's going to be like amazing for patrons it already is it is amazing and i also don't get any notifications for it whatsoever i get other patreon notifications but not for the chat because i randomly went into it and there was a whole conversation being had about like holiday horror movies and i was just like oh i need to get in on this yeah and i'm not sure why we're not getting notified obviously it's a beta feature or something from patreon you know so we're just gonna have to like figure it out but um yeah, like it's it's pretty cool. And Nikki just happened to be asking, like, hey, what's the best form for all this? And then Patreon dropped this feature within the same like 15 days. So Nikki, you just like altered reality and uh we thank you. That's right. And hopefully post holidays, when everyone has a little bit more time, we can like garner some conversation in there and really get things going. At least I'm hoping so. Mm-hmm. Anthony over on Patreon said, Re Night Swim. I absolutely loathe horror movies whose concepts center around a haunted, cursed, whatever specific specificity thing or place that's easy to avoid. Like, did the pool eat people in its past? I simply will not be swimming in it. RIP to you. But I'm different. Now that that's out of my system, I'm going back to reading this flesh-bound tome written in Latin. Yeah, right. Thank you, (laughs) Anthony, for for pointing that out. Um, We're actually recording right next to the Necronomicon every single time we record. We're right next to that. Beautiful book. That's right. And I have a brand new coffee mug this year that actually says reading is magical or reading is fundamental. And it shows a book of the Necronomicon from Evil Dead. Conda. Conda. Yeah. So I actually love those movies. (laughs) Yeah. I think we had like a top 10 cursed objects. We did. At some point. And Mm -hmm. like we made fun of like, like (laughs) cursed Tupperware or whatever. And Mm -hmm. every time you like... (laughs) Burp the Tupperware makes the brown note or something. All the food is spoiling in it. <laughs> I think we did like an outtake for that. But um, yeah, I actually love those, those like Oculus. You know, I love Oculus. You know, anything that is though easily like, like you could just leave the fucking house or something like that. And they, they don't have a good like in-universe like reason why you can't just escape it. You know, like conjuring, right? They could have all just left the house and they eventually did, but they were kind of like low on funds and stuff like that, you know? So I don't know. Well, same it reason depends. for the medieval horror. Yeah. Writing is important. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing is it depends on the object and like the reasoning behind it. So like Night Swim, 
I mean, that was the weirdest fucking teaser anyway. Well, that's like, like really highly specific too. Like, and I get this person's point, Anthony, like it's like, okay, same thing. If you broke glass in the goddamn pool, like just don't go in the fucking pool. <laughs> yeah. So something else has got to be going on. Cause this is really fucking high concept. And the entire trailer, like it was so self-important like that. It just felt like it was scarier than it was like, yeah. And it just wasn't. No, I was not. A whole like two minutes of this person like almost getting drowned. And I'm like, really? And yeah. Steven and Spielberg did, did that better in the opening scenes of Jaws. You know what I mean? And they've like, I saw some headlines that said there were some still images from that movie that have been like released. And I just scrolled on by. I was just like, even based on the trailer, I really don't care. You know? So yeah, maybe it'll be like the, the amazing horror movie of 2024, but I doubt it. I doubt it too. But I guess we'll have to see when it's released and it's coming out soon. I think. So we'll find out. Glazed Donut over on Patreon said, I don't know if the podcast cover this or not, but has anyone seen the trailer for Handling the Undead, which is coming out in February? It's written by the author who wrote Let the Right One In, and it looks promising. He also wrote the Swedish film Border from 2018 that's been on my list for quite a while. Well, Glazed Donut, that was already on my list to talk about today. So stay tuned. You are just minutes away from us discussing that trailer. Just keep listening. From our Flamers flashback bonus episode on Labyrinth, Kitty Kelly over on Patreon said, Labyrinth is my favorite movie. Wakanda. Yes, I love the Dark Crystal. (laughs) Wakanda. (laughs) Yes, I love the Dark Crystal and its companion series. But there's something erotic about... um, (laughs) What? Okay, I can't keep reading this. There's something erotic about an adult male dressed in lace and velvet chasing after a young teen. Don't take that the wrong way. Too late. When I was a young teen girl, I used to dream about being Sarah and having the Goblin King be my love interest. Well, wow, how taboo, Kitty Kelly. Hmm. Um, did you move on to Labra? Or I was thinking, like, is she describing this or is she describing Twilight? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, dressed in lace and velvet. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen that at some of the gay bars I've been to. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, we hope that we did the movie some justice since it's your favorite Wakanda and um, (laughs) we will will eventually deep dive it yeah we're going to deep dive that so like we just like sort of scratch the surface of Labyrinth for sure Penelope over on Patreon said I don't know about y'all but I'm still a little jelly that Jareth took Jennifer Conley and didn't take me being a Muppety Goblin Queen seems like a really good life choice for me what is everyone like lusting after the Goblin King in this have you seen that cod piece I mean, yeah, that would it's be the one thing. It's also just David Bowie, you know. I mean, David Bowie's really cool, but I've never found him to be, like, super sexy. No, either, but I don't know. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Orion, over on Instagram, sent us a DM and said, Love you guys. I enjoyed the Labyrinth episode and definitely understand all the problems you had with it. I'm just kind of stuck on my nostalgia for it. I juggled between Labyrinth, The Wizard of Oz, and Alice in, Wonder- Alice in Wonderland as a little queer child. I also look forward to your potential Dark Crystal take. I absolutely love the Book of Art by Brian Froud and have more than a couple tattoos from that Book of Art. Oh my god! I everything about the Dark Crystal I just love, and I love the Netflix re-up that no one fucking watched. Yeah, I didn't finish it. Such yeah, it's amazing. It ends really well too. Uh, he also sent us some pictures in that DM of these um, figures or stuffed plushies that he's made of labyrinth characters so if when i get his permission i will post those to instagram so everyone can see them because they're really cool awesome nikki over on patreon said thanks for the great episode guys i can't wait for the dark crystal deep dive considering labyrinth is a gateway children's movie 
I'd be interested to get a child's perspective on it. Maybe next time you do a gateway movie, get a child's point of view. I admit that rewatching it as an adult wasn't as great as I remembered, but talking to my son after his watch reminded me that it hit the right notes for that demographic. Interesting. Well, we don't have access to kids, or at least kids of kiddos of the age that I think you're talking about, which would be like, you know, eight to 10 or something like that. Or I mean, I do six to 12. I don't know what the fucking window is of, of cheer in these days, but my nieces and nephews are really not interested in horror movies. Although when I was at family Christmas, I found out that my sister-in-law dropped my oldest niece off to see Thanksgiving. She like bought her and her friend tickets and was like, okay, go and just let them go watch Thanksgiving. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So maybe she is starting to like have a budding interest in horror. Cause at Christmas I talked to her about it. I'm like, what'd you think? She's like, it was really gross. They like carved up a person. And I was just like, welcome to horror movies. Love you more now. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a good idea though. I mean, maybe next year um, I will like sequester some of my nieces and nephews and make them watch these movies and then see what they say about it. God, I love that we got all these comments for Labyrinth and then like one comment for Green Knight. Well, we got two comments for the Green Knight, but um, only one really of importance for right now. Uh, from that deep dive, Battle Burrito over on Patreon said, I had to go back and rewatch the giant scene to make sure I wasn't crazy, but I remember the fox shooing away the giant while he was scared everything about that scene felt heroic and like he was taking his first steps into his own adventure until the fox stopped the giant from picking him up he almost went on his own adventure but a combination of fear and letting other people guide his path stopped him is that what you saw from the movie no i thought the fox was protecting him you so you did think that the the fox was shooing away the the giant yes oh okay well i just have seen this movie like five times and i've never noticed that i thought it was him losing courage at the last second because he starts to shrink away. No, I thought that he was actively calling the giants until the fox came over and started to like bay at them. But then he, he just put like, his hands in front of his face and he went out. And he was all, <laughs> he was all like, no. Well, he was a scared little pussy anyway. He so. was. Uh, we did get another comment on Instagram from the Green Knight, but the comment read, this movie is terrible. So I just didn't include it. Oh my God. I mean, everyone has your everyone's opinion is valid. Who would say that? You know, but I was just like uh, half of all people that have seen this movie said that. So. Yeah, I just I mean I didn't want to surprise. I didn't want to like just dive into that conversation again. No, so. it's like, go watch cartoons. I don't want to know what the fuck I can tell you. Yeah. From our deep dive into rare exports, Glazed Donut over on Patreon said, "I didn't know this film existed until the month uh, on until this month, and although it." I appreciated the fresh storyline. I didn't feel satisfied with the film's execution. Same. Originally, I was excited because it was an 82-minute long, which is perfect for a Christmas film. But if the runtime sacrificed moments, that might have fleshed out the story better. I really wish they had just added the extra time. A cold, isolated environment is one of the best horror atmospheres, but this felt wasted. You tell me Santa is bad and hurts bad kids, so I should see a story involving said Santa and said kids. Instead, I got naked, dirty old men who look like a bunch of Santa but who were really elves where's the main villain frozen in ice never to be seen did they not have the money for the santa or was it on purpose so the audience had to use their imaginations for what evil santa looked like christmas time is busy enough now i have to come up with a villain look as well watching this after krampus was probably a mistake maybe this was a had to watch it at the time film in order to get the excitement it was a cute premise i just wish it had been fleshed out more yeah, and that's why we kept thinking maybe we missed something from the shorts or something like that because like it felt like 
we just kind of scratched the surface. Like we were getting teased a, a different movie and we just never, the camera was should have always been to the left or the right of where it was. So I agree completely glazed donut. And I know Chris does too, because we talked about this a lot in that yeah. episode. Um, but I kept thinking about this movie and how, how much better it could have been. Right. So I went and watched the two shorts. Oh, you did? Yes. Okay. And they're fucking delightful. Really? Yes. They are like super funny, really quick. And it is, it's the movie that I wanted. It's people hunting Santa Clauses in the wild and taming them, right? For the first one. And then the second one is the rules. Like, here's how you, like, once you've captured the Santa Claus, here's what you have to do. Like, don't cuss, be good, don't smoke. And it shows what happens when you do those things and what the Santa Claus will do to you. So much better than the movie. I also sent you that short from uh, Love, Death, Robots of like what Santa actually is or whatever. It's also what prompted me to watch those because I was just like, all right, shorts are better. I'm watching shorts and they're on YouTube. It's in a really weird format because I guess they don't want it to be taken down or whatever, but totally, totally worth the watch. We should probably watch those after we record this. You can see it because it renewed my faith in that storyline. Okay. And I feel like maybe they should do like an American remake and try again. Yeah. So maybe we weren't really meant to see these things in isolation. And of course the, the makers of the film had, you know, didn't have that basis for comparison because he made the first of the shorts. Yeah. Know? I mean, and the shorts, it's the same actors. It's the same director that that main kid is much younger in it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it's like, it was so good. And I was like, this is exactly what this movie needed to be. And maybe it's just better in that shorter format. I don't yeah. know. But so maybe some things just shouldn't be stretched out. Yeah. From our deep dive into Halloween 2018, Bennett said during a recent vacation, I watched both the original Halloween and the 2018 sequel back to back, which I actually recommend. It helped me pick out all the throwbacks you guys mentioned, but I decided not to proceed with kills or ends since they both receive such mixed reviews. And damn, if I can figure out how Michael Myers gets out of this one, of course, if the monster and Bride of Frankenstein can emerge, emerge unscathed from a burning windmill, I guess they could figure a way out of this too. And they did. That's essentially what happened. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, he emerged out of a burning windmill yeah. of a cabin. Okay. Well, Jamie Lee was screaming, let it burn, <laughs> which is what I have been screaming low these many months. <laughs> let the franchise burn. <laughs> Just let everything burn. Yeah. From our deep dive into Alien Resurrection, Hill over on Spotify said, Sigourney fucking Weaver indeed. Slay Queen, the failed clone scene and the newborn getting sucked out of the window stuck with me like an abortion getting sucked out. Ghastly. Ew. That's a that is an interesting way to frame that. It's a very vivid mental image you've just given me. Yeah, but he's correct. We got also got a lot of other Spotify comments that were a little weird. Okay, like so I just like deleted them um, because we have to like read them before we can publish them. Oh, before they get they don't get auto published, and like some of them just like seem like they were from bots or something like. Uh, I'm glad we got comments on Spotify though. At least one usable, like just like some weird. Like stuff trying to start some beef or something like that didn't make any sense for the context of the episode, but like someone had a really harsh opinion. So I'm thinking like Russian bots. Oh yeah. Okay. Well that's sad. Although cause Spotify is like killing it right now with everything about their entire app. Like the music I have premium. Except they just keep on hemorrhaging people that they lay off. But I mean, whatever. Well, there's that like half their or two thirds of their podcast team. But now they have audiobooks on there. If you're a premium subscriber, you can just oh. listen to audiobooks. So mm. it's just like, oh my God, like goodbye, Audible. I have no need for you anymore. I have like 
podcast, music, and audiobooks all in the same place. It's a feeding frenzy. Amazon is just like treading water, mm. and everyone's just like taking pieces of it. Mm. Well. Walmart's taking their fulfillment network. Spotify's taking their their all their digital music and mm-hmm. audiobook business and podcast business and yeah, pretty soon yeah. they'll have Spotify movies and I can just cancel other streaming services. Mm. One stop shopping, I like mm-hmm. it. Used to be Amazon. Uh, from our deep dive into Krampus, ooh, that's first season stuff. Glazed Donut said, "I must have missed the original trailer because I didn't know that Krampus was released in movie theaters until now." Spending time with family you don't like, homicidal gingerbread men, Tony Collette, all the things to get a person in the mood to wrap gifts for an ungrateful crotch fruit <laughs> and a slightly racist mother-in-law. It's fine. She's closer to the end of her life than at the beginning. I can be patient. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Glaze Donut. Michael Doherty could easily carve a holiday-themed horror comedy movie niche for himself, and I love that. This will now go on my annual Christmas viewing list, thanks to this podcast. Awesome. I'm so glad. I always figured that people go through – I think the vast majority of people still probably do just go through the catalog and look for things that they've already, already seen. Watched. Yeah. But I love that some people do take a chance to listen to a deep dive or watch the movie and then come listen to it when they see that we've covered it. I think that's like the best compliment ever. So thank you, Glazed Donut. And we're so happy that you enjoyed Krampus because I rewatched it. I I was like, yes, this is the Christmas movie I wanted. It really is. I mean, like after watching Rare Exports, I was just like, all right, you know, I need to watch something to cleanse my palate. And then we watched Black Christmas, which, you know. But even still, like I was thinking, not to to do a little mini deep dive, but I was just thinking at Krampus, I was like, man, it's it's mean but not too mean. It's like funny but not too funny. It's scary but not too scary. And it's like I really wished it had doubled down on one of those. It's still wildly more successful to me than uh, Rare Exports was. Yeah. I mean, it's like Gremlins. I mean, all those things describe Gremlins. Gremlins too. was doubled down on the funny part. That's true. Thing. So I feel like Gremlins is still kind of perfect in what it is. Yeah. But I love Krampus. I thought yeah. Krampus was amazing when I saw it. And I saw it in the theater. So I'm really glad I did that. <laughs> nice. For sure. We have some voicemails. Okay. Let's start with Bennett. Hello, Tired Queens. This is Bennett. Uh, first off, calling to say Merry Christmas. I believe it's Christmas today and just wanted to say that to you like I did last year. I'm also calling to uh, uh, solve a little mystery for you. Last month or so, I believe you got an anonymous voicemail supposedly from Pazuzu and didn't know who that might have been. I'm just calling to solve the mystery and tell you that was just little old me, nothing nefarious, just being silly. Although I will say when I heard that voice, I knew I was doing a voice to, to disguise myself, but I was pretty su- probably su- as surprised as you were and probably like, whose voice is that? That doesn't sound like me. What the hell? Anyway, Merry Christmas. Bye. Well, I'm sorry, but we never in a million years would have thought that was you because it yeah. sounded like a woman. It yeah. sounded like an actual, like the actual actress from the movie or something. I literally thought it was Kimberly doing yeah. it. <laughs> okay. So, well, damn. And he's a deep voice too. All of credit course, to at Bennett. The end, he went up, you know, to probably show us, but damn. Being silly. Silly Bennett. Merry Christmas to you though. <laughs> uh, do we have a voicemail from Call Me Lestat? Oh my God, we do. <gasps> Finally. Gentlemen. First, I should start by saying Merry Christmas. I'm watching the sunrise over a river named for the animistic traditions of the indigenous people here before they were wiped away by the English. Tradition of mine. Not unlike Louis watching his sunrise, although, as it happens, this won't be my last, which is fortunate. I have a fondness for it. Now, what I've meant by the graveyard and cemetery, and you knowing it without knowing you know it, I'm sure that's confusing. It comes down to the etymology of the words, the possessive nature of the word yard, in this case, in the English language. 
Nobody walks by an empty field or a meadow or even a residential lot and looks at it and thinks, my, what a beautiful yard. And once we build a building in the middle of that space, a house, perhaps two bedroom, two bath, what have you, changes the way that we refer to the land around it. A house might then be observed to have a front and a backyard. Buildings have yards, fields are not the possession of buildings. So a graveyard is a property attached to a building. It doesn't have to be a temple or a house of worship. It could be, I suppose, if you buried grandmother behind your house, that would qualify as a graveyard in this particular set of environs I find myself in presently. I'm sure that's not atypical. A cemetery is a separate burial site. Graveyard attached, cemetery separate. They are blessed and consecrated in the same way. There is no liturgical or spiritual or religious difference between them. I suppose that even the most pernicious of the religious probably don't even characterize or imagine an almighty that would hold one's geographical locale burial against them. But I say that in ignorance. I'm not a particularly religious person. In any event, that said, I do so appreciate the work that you do. It makes a considerable difference to have uh, people on whom you can thoroughly rely for entertainment, a sort of friendship, even if they are disembodied voices. So, keep up the good work. I imagine the specificity of this missive probably precludes any need for introduction. Again, Merry Christmas. Sweet dreams. Well, <laughs> that <laughs> voicemail, Lestat, had a very fucking Dickensian quality to it. And I kind of want you to come narrate my life. <clears throat> like, as I'm doing things throughout my day, I want you in the background talking about the mundane qualities of the specificity of my job or whatever. I love it. I don't know. I kind of want to, like, film, like, a like a a dinner conversation about the film Flamers hosted by Bennett and Lestat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> please but uh Lestat actually gave us a message later and said gentlemen to accompany my meandering message i have sent along a couple of images of the dawn at the river's edge admittedly the scene was more tranquil before my boat arrived passed by in an act of christmas mercy i captured the image of the stillness beforehand not much of a christmas gift but i hope you can accept it as given with warm regards, gratitude, and hopeful anticipation of the year to come. Merriest of Christmases. And they are fucking beautiful. They are beautiful. Photos of what the fuck is happening with that sky. For real, though. And the reflection of it in whatever, you know, golden fucking pond you are. With <laughs> It looks like a Bob Ross painting. I... <laughs> <laughs> Bob Ross witches. Oh, there would be more happy little trees. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Lestat, Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you for the voicemail. Please keep them coming because I just need that in my life. Same. We have a new patron. We do. And uh, her name is Joanne Ellison. And she sent us a little message. She said, Hiya and happy holidays. I discovered y'all maybe two, three weeks ago. And I am obsessed Funny, smart, in-depth, and thoughtful reviews. Your love and joy for film, good, bad, and in-between shines through. You two would be great fun to have brunch with and deep dive into films. I love that you explore all types of horror, including horror adjacent. I listen to a lot of movie review podcasts, many very good ones, but the film flamers add a certain flavor and zestiness to the arena. I joined Patreon today for the first time because y'all are that good, and I am that enthralled. I am really hoping for an exploration of David Cronenberg's films. Dead Ringers is fantastic and doesn't get the love it deserves. 
Love what you do, and I'm making my way through your older episodes. And I did respond, and I told her that we do also love David Cronenberg, and that you, as that you also like Dead Ringers, and eventually we will come around to covering it. Dead Ringers is my favorite David Cronenberg movie. Oh, I think The Fly is mine. I also like The Fly, and I feel as though David Cronenberg is probably a glaring, gaping hole in our movie coverage thus far. Oh, if we have many gaping holes. Or at least two. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the Cronenberg-shaped hole will soon be filled. Joanne, uh, don't you fret. Like, we cannot be a horror movie podcast and not do some Cronenberg eventually. Right. We will just find a place to fit him in. Perhaps a hole. Speaking of fitting people in... (laughs) <laughs> we need to shout out our patrons at the film flamer tier or higher at the film inferno level our highest level we have Stat, kimberly penelope and our film flamers include anthony ashley ben big dave glazed donut jessica lisa nikki rosie red leader and william but especially well Kamilastat yeah. for sending a voicemail finally voicemails messages bennett thank you that's right you know love it guys you know. keep on sending us comments questions and voicemails and we will keep responding to them on shooting the flames horror news so in a news item of most importance since we've just did a whole long episode on this uh, the X-Files is reportedly plotting a return from producer Ryan Coogler. Yeah, apparently there was some sort of animated comedy thing called X-Files Albuquerque that was going to come out, even though the FBI is national and it wouldn't have just been out. Anyway, whatever. I don't know. That was axed. Yeah, that was axed. Thank God. And so now there's going to be another live action show, theoretically, that has been blessed by the original maker of X-Files. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, producer Ryan Coogler will be helming that as a showrunner, maybe. I don't know. Ryan Coogler, I believe, is the director for Black Panther. Yep. And um, Creed. Creed. Yes. So that's would be good. It's going to be on Disney Plus, apparently. And they are promising a more diverse cast this time Interesting. around. Okay. So I don't know if that means no Mulder and Scully or maybe a limited Mulder and Scully. Maybe a more diverse uh, inner cast, right? Because yeah. X-Files was fairly diverse um just not in its core cast nope so um i'm interested to see what this means for the x-files although that means i need to get started on watching the entire series before this new return happens mm. well you can at least watch our special mentions that you didn't get to watch that's true i need to watch all of it technically so i need to just do that maybe that will be my new year's resolution for 2024 i will get through all of the x-files next up we have nowhere james wan producing a supernatural mystery series for nbc so apparently um somebody wrote a novella and was planning on turning it into a full-length novel but instead they're making this into a movie not a movie, a TV series. Um, and James Wan is producing, or at least Atomic Monster is his company. <clears throat> and it all focuses around a small town in Vermont where everyone wakes up and everyone's missing. So people go on a search for these missing people. Well, Which I feel like I've seen a show like that before. The Under the Dome. And then there was another one like, I don't know. 
There's well, there was couple. like the leftovers, but that was after the rapture, right? Oh, it's based on Lost, you know. And yeah. Things, yeah, and there was another foreign show where people were just vanished, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, like inverse rapture, yeah, type of situation. <clears throat> so I don't know. I like James Wan, but yeah, but he's producing, which means nothing to me these days. Exactly, it's just a name to throw onto something to get people to watch it. It can be sometimes they're showrunners, sometimes they're not. Yeah, well, and this is also for NBC and like. Anything. If you're really going to do like good, like series format television, it should be on a streaming service or at the very least on cable. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like if you're doing something supernaturally and you're having it on like the dying breaths of broadcast television, then it's not going to have any kind of bite to it. So. Coming soon. Like we said, we were a little light on uh, foreign news but we got so many trailers so many and glazed donut your time has arrived because the first trailer we're going to be talking about is in fact handling the undead which is coming out in january and it's based on a swedish novel like glazed donut referred to the author of let the right one in even though i believe it's based in norway oh is it oslo oslo you're right and i guess so was let the right one in that wasn't in sweden that wasn't norway i don't fucking know yeah. I will say, though, like, this movie looks really, really good. It looks really dramatic. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, a zombie tearjerker, like, super dramatic, which I'm here for. Yeah. And like, it feels like Let the Right One In was approaching that, too. Yes. Bit. Right. Sort of like human drama mixed in with, like, the horror elements of everything. And it's not even, like, that high concept where the supernatural is helping it tell a story. I feel like it's really their own stories, their own very original stories with their own unique feelings and stuff. And that's kind of cool about Let the Right One In, right? Exactly. And I think what would be cool about this, I mean, because we have all these zombie movies, but no one ever talks about really in depth what it's like to have a family member or a loved one come back to like life after they're dead. They've flirted with it in several different zombie movies. Yeah. I sure. mean, like it's been like shown, but like to have an entire movie based around like people's experience, like trying to adapt to their loved one coming back to life and in a, a different, more like undead kind of form. Right. Yeah. Um, it seems super, super interesting to me. And also like, these Scandinavian horror movies as of late, maybe over the last like 10 years or so have been really, really good. Like they're sort of like knocking it out of the park with things like troll hunter. And, um, what was that one we watched about the kids with the supernatural powers? Oh God. Yeah. I mean like the innocence. Yeah. Like I really, really enjoyed that one too. I feel like these movies are very, very good and they're not afraid to go in like really weird or like sad, depressing yeah. kind of states. Scandal so. horror. I don't know. Scandal horror. <laughs> <laughs> are people just crying all the time in scandinavia like they just like comedies what's that no 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 like everything has to be like emotionally gut-wrenching and it seems like they like pets being killed well it's so monoculture that they just cry whenever anything different happens so and that's what this is really about <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> a cat died in the innocence and seemingly a cat is just like strangled to death or petted to death in this and i was just like why are they always killing like pets a fucking guinea pig or something was some sort of pet. I don't know. Yeah, They're like, don't pet it so hard. And then it's dead. <laughs> was it dead? <laughs> well, I don't know. They were trying to get it out of that zombie's cold, dead anyway, hands. Watch this trailer. <laughs> For sure. Please go watch it. Um, I certainly am going to be watching this movie. 
For real. I think we should have uh, like a Scandinavian like horror month where we deep dive some of these. Sure. I mean, like let the right one in. And there's enough for like a poll and deep dives, I think. For sure. So one uh, January or February because they all seem cold. <laughs> it's, I think it's, per- it's like cold year round. Yeah. You imagine like July in Scandinavia is probably like a crisp 47 degrees outside. That's when we watch Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Anyway, next is Baghead. It's my nickname. <laughs> and, that com- <laughs> and that comes out in January. Um, so this one looks to be like a slightly more eventy kind of supernatural horror movie. Yeah, it seems really fucking like tentpole esque, right? Although, like a little reminiscent of Talk to Me. Just instead of having a hand, there's a, a living being, or we assume living being, that um, will transform into a dead loved one that you can talk to. <clears throat> However, there are dire consequences to that. Yes, and you can't let it leave. Or who 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 knows what the fuck happens. Yeah, I mean, we'll have to find out. But can't this let it is out. a European horror movie as well. British, right? Like produced by Canal Plus. Yeah, and just like uh, talk to me if you hold on to the hand longer than like a minute. Exactly. There's some weird time stuff with it, like this arbitrary line in time. It lets just, them in. You know, I don't fucking know. Yeah, forever. And then, yeah. And so. that's that's what this is. Baghead. It looks good, though. It, it looks does. like it could be a, a solid popcorn yeah. horror movie. Exactly. It looks like there's some jump scares in it yeah. and some really cool creature effects. Certainly nothing original. Which is fine. You and they know? showed a little too much, I feel like. They showed they showed like monster reveals and stuff, as far as I know. So like the trailer kind of shows a little bit. So if you want to wait uh, and see what happens with this, whether it's released on theater or uh, on demand or whatever in January, you know, don't watch the trailer because it does show a lot. Yeah. I mean, this is probably one that I would say skip the trailer for. But if you're interested in like popcorn horror, jump scares, like it seems like a, a good solid choice. Yeah. But also, I mean, like traditionally January horror movies, right? It looks good quality. Yeah. It looks better than what I would assume people would just like push to January. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. good. Next up is a trailer for a movie called He Went That Way, which is also coming out in January. And this stars Zachary Quinto, one of our most important gays. That's right. And uh, this is uh, based on a true story. This is about a serial killer that was trying to go cross country, I guess. And um, one of the hitchhikers uh, that picked him up was one that had a pet chimp, I guess, that would go on the talk talk show circuit. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, was a contract player on uh, one of the studios. And this is uh, kind of a period film back, back in the 50s, 60s. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so this is based on a true story. And this is one of the hitchhikers that he decided uh, not to kill as a serial killer. And so this is that story. And so it looks really, really interesting. And it kind of also looks like it could be could get a little gay, maybe. I don't know. I mean, with Zachary Quinto in it, I would you assume that yeah. there is some sort of like gay quality to this. I mean, like the the other actor in it is shirtless quite a bit. In Except trailer, like his two so. biggest roles, like Star Trek, he was Spock, not gay. And then yeah. another one, he that was in Heroes when he first came out, right? And of course, mm-hmm. not gay. So, but since then, since I mean, then, American like, Horror Story and elsewhere, he's been super yeah. gay. Yeah, and like gay, gay, gay. Boys in a band. You yeah. know what I mean? Next super. And we have some more gay, gay, gay to talk about coming up in other trailers. Oh, yeah. Talk about closet doors being flung open. But um, yeah, this one looks interesting. I mean, again, it seems a little bit more dramatic than horror, but I do love a serial killer movie. So sign me up. Yeah. But also, we have Out of Darkness, which is probably one of the ones I'm most excited to see. 
because it takes place in darkness mostly. Um, <laughs> because uh, this almost looks like it is a like an A twenty four version of Prey, which was already an amazing movie, mm-hmm. and it's like Stone Age Stone Age horror, and it almost looks like the way like Thirteenth Warrior could have been or something. Yes. But but older, you know what I mean? So I don't know. It just looks really, really good. It looks gorgeously photographed. Uh, it looks really taut, uh, like a taut thriller. And this is coming into theaters in February. And uh, this is also foreign language, at least for us. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I forget what country. Maybe another Scandinavian. It's possible. But uh, this looks amazing. And I, I have to see it. Yeah, I really, really want to see it. I, I knew that they were making a Stone Age horror movie, and then I saw the poster art for it. I had not seen the trailer until today, because um, honestly, I forgot the trailer had come out. So I'm glad that you had it on the list. And it looks really, really good. Like, I really enjoyed Prey. And so, like, anything in that sort of vein, like, I think that I would like, you know. I'm not going to sit down and watch Clan of the Cave Bear again, but, like, <laughs> I mean... This seems like an excellent film and scary and a good example of a trailer that shows you just enough to make you intrigued, but holds back enough to make you even like super intrigued. Like you really have no idea like what they're facing out there. I mean, they keep using the word demon, but like, I don't know if it turns out to know. be like I a saber tooth cat, then I'm going to. It's a paleolithic horror film. So it could be anything. Yeah. If, I swear to God, if it's a fucking dinosaur, I'm going to scream. Well, there's some man on man action here, too. So, Ooh. I mean, you know what I mean? As far as violence. Oh. <laughs> man on man violence. <laughs> <laughs> I just looked it up. Though. It says it's English, but I thought the trailer was subtitled. subtitled. They so, weren't speaking English. No. It was anyway, whatever. Fuck it. And we'll find out. I mean, because I'm definitely going to see this. They're probably like the speaking hinge or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't. They're speaking caveman. The hinge of stone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, speaking of man-on-man action, we have Love Lies Bleeding, which has two women. Yeah, I think that's woman-on-woman action. I know. This is the, the theaters in March. It's also A24. It stars Kristen Stewart and Jenna Malone, although she, you cannot find her in that. Um, or Dave Franco, who's in this. Uh, I, I didn't see either of them in this trailer. But Ed Harris, mm-hmm. he popped up. He's looking ancient, like the Crypt Keeper or something, but he looks amazing. He does look like a fucking Crypt Keeper in this. <laughs> and scary. So uh, this movie seemingly is about um, Kristen Stewart falling in love with a female bodybuilder. But and they're both like contractors to kill or something? Or something. I mean, For her father, Kristen her, Stewart's father, yeah. Her father seems to also own like some sort of like arms yeah. network. Yeah. And it's very, very 80s. And it looks really bloody as well. It does look super bloody. Yeah. And they're like carting off bodies together that they've killed and well, like looking at each other lovingly. Yes. I'm here for that. While they're playing eighties game music. Yeah. I love lesbians. I just do. Right. So this is uh the perfect movie for you. It really is. Right. Could be a, a nice February hot take. Ooh. For the film climbers. <gasps> You're right. We haven't done a hot take in a while. Mm. In a hot minute. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll do that because <clears throat> Kristen Stewart really flung that closet door wide open and has just like embraced her lesbianism. That's right. Although I think I just want to talk about Jenna Malone. (laughs) I know you love Jenna Malone. (laughs) She's in a horror movie from this year too, that I completely forgot about. It's it's like religious horror though. Uh I haven't seen it yet. I like religious horror. Okay. Exorcist, you know, it's about nuns. I think she plays a nun. Oh, well I watched the nun and the nun too. I haven't seen either one of those movies. (gasps) Well, my goodness. Anyway, Look, another A24 movie. 
<laughs> Do we have like our taste level is like squarely set at A24? Which one is this? Maybe this is this is Alex Garland, who we already loved. We introduced on the podcast with Sunshine, uh-huh. which he wrote, although did not direct. And then later on, Annihilation, which we loved to talk about and deep dive. Yeah, it was an amazing movie. And some other things as well, I think, that he's done. Well, I mean, on last year's year-end recap, we talked about men. A lot, and we just right. not not we our t- favorite movie. We talked about Ex Machina. Ex Machina, we've talked about his directorial debut, which was fucking amazing. We haven't deep dove into though. I feel like we should. Right, Men was one of the my biggest disappointments of last year. Yeah, I had yeah. really high expectations for that movie. Like I do about every Alex Garland movie, and I mean like this, I like I want to see just because it's a twenty four and it's Alex Garland, and I also like Kirsten Dunst, and the cast looks kind of stacked, but like. It does. And it's it's called Civil War. <laughs> Let's get to that. Oh, yeah. Did we say that yeah. yet? It's called Civil War. And it's literally about an American Civil War in which, like, you know, Texas and California team up, you know, and it's like a it's like the Lone Star flag or whatever, but it has two stars in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it's basically Texas and California versus the rest of the country, which it looks amazing. And it's their full on militaristic civil war. Yep. And uh, Kirsten Dunst plays a, a war photographer. You know, and they're like trying to just get through the country. And uh, so this is, I feel like, going to be a very important movie, especially during an election year. Yep. And it's by Alex Garland. So, you know, it's not just getting phoned in for money. Right. This is something with a lot of meaning behind it. So, you know, for better or worse, men, it was worse for everything else. Alex Garland has done. It was for better. So we'll just have to see. And it's probably not going to have the best ending. Like Alex Garland movies are kind of bummers. In a, in a really good way. Well, and I would imagine that a movie about an American Civil War should not have a good ending. It should be a bummer ending. You know what I mean? No matter how things turn out, if this were to happen in real life, like, it's not going to be, like, rainbows and kittens. Yeah. So, but, like, how weird is it that Texas and California would, like, join forces? I don't know. So like, this is I, I thought about it just since we talked about it offline, and I was like, mm, there's a lot of transplants happening. Over the last 10, 20 years, oh, yeah. and in, with increasing velocity from California, I think, mm-hmm. uh, to Texas, right? And so, like, Texas politics is getting more liberal, and California politics is getting more conservative, and yeah. So, okay, I guess that makes sense, you yeah, know? I don't know. But they're the, also the two biggest economies. Yeah, I say the so two I largest states. See, like, if they were relied, if the, the rest of the country said, now you must supply the rest of the country with XYZ resources, I could see something happening, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that would be like a resource-based civil war, which is not really true to the feeling of the politics right now, which would be a political yep. civil war. So I'm interested to see this movie. Um, honestly, I'll see anything that Alex Garland does, but this this does look good. And it seems like there's some budget behind it, too, which I feel is really, really good. Also, can we talk about like A24 is like poised to have an amazing year? Really? So, and I'm glad, I mean, cause they, they're making really good movies. They were distributing good movies in the past, but now they are literally like funding them. And I, I love this. I can't, I can't wait to see what happens to a 24 this year. Cause I mean, like, honestly, what they just won an Oscar last yeah. year for everything, everywhere, all at once, like, like the entertainment industry right now is theirs to take. So Bring yeah. all of these movies on. I hope they make gobbledy gillions of dollars. Yeah, but I also hope they maintain their standards because it seems like they're starting to get a little like, let's, you know, throw things at the wall and see what sticks. 
I mean, it's a little Netflixy, maybe, more but and more diversified. They're gonna go for more quantity than quality, and you know, things are just gonna. I don't. Towards be like everything else, you know. Yeah. When they get too greedy. I mean, I don't mind them making money if they're gonna use that to fund like more important, like already like limited kind of films, you know. But because I don't have to see everything they put out, if it doesn't look like something's good, then I won't watch it. But well, they were the, like the the weird, you know, highbrow horror mm-hmm. studio, and now they're much more diversified. Yep. You know, but still sticking to kind of like the weird, you know, highbrow stuff. And um, as long as they maintain that, they'll maintain an identity. If they branch out too much, they're going to lose their identity. Well, and now they're fighting with, I'm not fighting, but I think between A24 and Neon, right? Which is putting out movies. Well, Neon. Like Parasite and whatnot. Yeah, I feel like Neon's the weird, like in between, between um, fucking Bloomingdale, whatever his fucking name is, Blumhouse. Blumhouse. (laughs) Blumhouse and A24. Yeah. Neon is really like that in between, you know what I mean? I mean, because they make some really odd movies too, you know. They or, pick or up a lot of the horror movies at the festivals. Yeah. Neon is, is always there, right? And so Neon needs to be in the conversation for sure. Yep. I mean, their genre work is good. Yeah. Anyway, that's all our trailers. <laughs> all six. It was a lot of them, though. It was. It's good. And they were good trailers. Yeah. Well, I think that just about wraps up this month's Shooting the Flames, the first for 2024. And again, we want to wish you the happiest of New Year's. We hope that the year to come is great. And we have a lot of good content coming out for you this year that we have planned. Um, as always, we want to know what you think of this. Find us on social media at The Foam Flamers on X, formerly known as Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, and threads. You can email us at tiredqueens at foamflamers.com or you can call our home on at 972-666-7733. Do you need someone to call in and Jenna, you're Malone? <laughs> Unite my factions. Uh, Fill my Cronenbergian hole. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to Cronenberg my hole. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to come up with something and call it the Cronenberg. Cronenberg me. Um, we will read all your comments and questions on the next shooting the flames find us on social media or head over to patreon.com slash the film flamers to join the family get all of our bonus content because we are doing two kathy bates movies in january both are stephen king films so we'll probably have a stephen king poll for you to vote in over there to choose the bonus episode mayhaps Mayhaps indeed. What are those movies? One uh, of them's Misery. One of them's Misery. Academy Award winning Misery. Yes. And Academy Award nominated, nope, famously not nominated, Dolores Claiborne. Wait, doesn't uh, Misery have um, Poor Man's Ed Harris? James Caan. Yes. God rest his soul recently. Oh. Yeah. Damn it. I know. <laughs> yes, it is the two of them in a very play-like kind of movie. Yeah, I love it. Um, and Dolores Claiborne is amazing, although really, really at best horror adjacent. It's just a really good Stephen King story to talk about. Well, and Stephen King and yeah. it's Kathy Bates. It's and it's really tied good. to Gerald's game. So there you go. weirdly. Oh, yeah. So look forward for that. And like we hinted at earlier, our 2023 Up in Flames episode where we talk about our favorites and maybe not so favorites from last year. That's right. I can't wait to talk about that. I know. Although, it's kind of middling. Well, Robert, I have a couple of movies to show you before you make that final determination. Okay, good. I'm still adding to my list. Hmm. 
Well, let's go off and watch them, and hopefully they will give us some sweet, sweet dreams. dreams. Okay, someone to Jenna, you're Malone. <laughs> Birkenstock, my lesbian. <laughs> That's what these lesbian horror movies are missing. Birkenstocks. My God, it's like they've never seen a lesbian in the wild.